0: As you see them chant puppet show on the way there, they are so happy to not be in here. They're like, puppet show, puppet show. Love it. Love it. So what usually happens on January 1st? Yeah. Resolutions, football, yeah. But usually, it's, uh, this is what 2023 is going to be to me. What I'm going to do. Usually the big one, the most popular one is I am going to lose some weight. Or I'm going to work out. Or I'm not going to eat as much chocolate. A lot of it to do with food, I guess. I don't know, but it might be something else. I'm going to, you know, do whatever. I'm going to read more. I'm going to, you know, love my kids more. I don't know what that resolution or goal is, but usually that always happens. And whenever I think of like resolutions, I like I flash back to when I was in high school in the mere fact of uh, running track. Now, I, I love basketball. That was my sport. That was what I wanted to participate in. That was my world. I loved it so much that I ran cross country just because I wanted to be in better shape than anyone else. I wanted, when I was out there, that no one else could run as fast as me or long as me, so I could just keep going. But then I found out that I was actually pretty pretty good, like at running. And so my main race was the 400. Now, if many of you don't know what that is, that's just one lap around. So if you've ever been around a track, that's the 400. Uh, But my coaches also thought that I would be really good at the 800, which is two laps around. Which if any of you run, is a totally different race. It's not the same. It's similar, but it is not the same. It's a different training. It's a different, it's only one more lap. But it's funny is the 100, the 100 is only a quarter of a lap. It's like, it's not that big of a difference from the different races, but they are starkly different in how you prepare. And we're going to be talking about that today. The disciplines that we have. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27 today. We're actually going to be digging through uh, a lot more of that because it's a beautiful chapter. It's a chapter that I wish we even had more time with. It begins with Paul right here basically defending his right as an apostle to begin with, And and then it leads into why Paul talks about these rights that he has to be supported by those he's ministering to, so he's proving that he's apostle, and then he's proving to that these are the rights that I have, you know, to be supported, to be able to be able to do this. But then, as we start getting closer to the verses I'm going to be rest- uh, be wrestling with today, is in verses 15 and 18 and on. Uh, Paul has a desire to have these rights unclaimed, to preach the word of God without relying on man's support. Now, I like this quote right here is, Paul had the authority, the right to receive material support. But being a mature Christian, he balanced his authority with discipline. He balanced it with discipline as we'll find out here in a second. He gave the Corinthians a living example of the very principles that he's writing out. So what he's doing is he's, and I want us to think about this is, as we go through this this world, a lot of us feel that we have a right to something. We have a right to something. And I'm going to challenge you, and I'm going to dig right into the three points uh, to, to to do this is Paul refuses some of these rights that we say we have. And he did them for three different reasons. One, for the gospel's sake. Two, for the sinner's sake. And three, for his own sake. He uses these rights. One, well, let's dig in. Why did he refuse these rights? And the reason why I, this hits so hard is... I'm a very pretty disciplined person. I like having things set up. This is the way it is. So if I work out, I want to work out at 8.30 to 9.30 in the morning. Like, I like being disciplined. If I'm going to read, this is the time. If it gets off, things start, ugh. But also in life, this last week, I had a very undisciplined I don't know if any of you have done that. I guess I'm the only one. Uh, There's a moment where I became undisciplined in what I was trying to do. I felt in a situation that my rights were offended. My rights, how dare my rights, like you can't offend my rights. So what happened is a lot of times when your rights are offended, you do not think of these three things. Selfishness seeps in because you're not doing it for the gospel's sake. You're not doing it for the other sinner's sake or other people around you. But maybe it's your own sake. But I'm going to explain that a little bit more here in a second. I became undisciplined. I don't believe I sinned, but I believe that all the stuff that started to happen was I started to take on the rights or the disciplines that were not set up in the past for me, that I had set up. And when situations happen, that's why everyone wants to set up a New Year's resolution. But why does everyone stop after 30 days, if they make it 30 days? Because they have not become disciplined. They have not done that. So Paul's talking right here, and and, and this deals with uh, verses 15 and 18, right before we dig into what we're going to be really getting into, is he's talking about, I do this for the gospel's sake. Because in that time, the Greek cities at that time had a lot of preachers. They had a lot of people talking, trying to get this. A lot of people. You see it today. If you send in $77 today, you will get your seven biggest problems taken away. You know? All of a sudden, it's someone selling something. Paul is willing to give up his rights for the Gospels. He's willing to give up his rights so the Gospel can be taught to the lost. So he doesn't take any money from the lost. And that's why we go into the point number two, for the sinner's sake. Because Paul was free, Paul was able to serve others and set aside his own rights. This is really unique. Paul is, Paul is dealing with the Jews and the Gentiles. So Paul is with the Jews in, the, in this setting, but also the Gentiles. And, and this is what he says in Ephesians 3.8. It says, although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles, The boundless riches of Christ. And so, what in that day separated the Jews and the Gentiles? That was the laws and the covenants. They that separated people. And so, to many immature believers, Paul, they would say Paul's lifestyle could look a little bit inconsistent. But I can tell you, Paul's life was not inconsistent at all. Paul had his main purpose, his main directive, his main mission, and his lifestyle led to that. And so he did it for the gospel's sake, and he did it for the sinner's sake. And this is what we're going to be digging into today a little bit. It's like, what does it mean for his own sake? In verses 24 and 25, and so let me read this here in the Bible. It says this, do you not know that in a race all the runners run but only one gets the prize run in such a way as to get the prize everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training they do it to get a crown that will not last but we do it to get a crown that will last forever therefore i do not run like a man running aimlessly I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the price. Beautiful. Because it relates, it's beautiful to me because I'm a track guy. So it makes sense, you know. And maybe you're not track, but maybe you, you've had a musical instrument that you've had to discipline yourself for. And you can't, no, no offense, and that's why this ice is up here. Now, some of you noticed it right away. Some of you are asleep. I don't know. <laughs> there is a huge... That's, that's ice. Like, so I got a little bit of water on my hand. Like, this is above... We're in a room above 32 degrees. We are in above... So what's happening to it? It's melting slowly, slowly. It is taking its time. There's not this magical, at 64 degrees, it explodes. Not at least, you know, if we threw it in the sun, then we'll have a different conversation. But it's taking time. That's why I think when we talk about discipline, we got to also talk about the goals that we talk about. Many of us have goals. I want to lose weight. I want to read the Bible more. I want to be spiritually stronger. I want to be a better parent. I want to do this. A lot of people have goals, but not a lot of people have discipline to get to those goals. My thing is this. It really hits me because I am a sports guy. Do you think the two teams in the Super Bowl don't have the same goal? One team wants to win, the other just doesn't care. They don't care at all. Like, but what's the discipline? So my coaches challenged me to switch to the 800. So I decided I'm going to run the four by eight, which is four guys both running two laps, and then you hand off a baton, and then you go to the next two, hand off the baton. I got to go to the state meet my senior year because our team was really that good. We were ranked 24th out of 27 teams. We made it to state. That's great. So there's like three, there's four heats. So the, the, each heat had eight. So there's eight, 16, 24. So, and then there was a heat of like three teams. We luckily made it into the third heat, the last place team of that heat, okay? We are happy to be there. We've trained, we've done everything. If, if you can't tell, I get excited pretty easily. No, why are you laughing? there? That, that, that got the laugh uh, is when. So my main goal, the first lap was, don't get excited. So I ran third leg. So we had a couple guys run the first two, and we had a third. I ran the third leg, and then we had a, a just an absolute stud run our fourth leg. He ran like six seconds faster than us, but he kept telling us because he actually made it to state by himself in the 800. He's like, if you guys aren't close, I'm not going hard. <laughs> I was like all right, great, all right, so we got to be close, so we got to work hard, but first two guys ran really well, and I got the baton, and my whole mindset was like, don't run too hard, don't run too hard, don't run too hard, just, just be calm, so I got the baton in second place, so I was like, all right, here we go, we are in it, we are competing in it, And so I end up going the first lap, and when I get to the end of the lap, I'm now in fifth place. (laughs) But there's something that, like, was really exciting about that. When I crossed the line, I could tell, I felt like I hadn't run a step. The adrenaline got me going that first lap, and so I ended up winning my lap. So I come in first. I'm excited. I hand off the baton, baton to my uh, Ryan, and he's racing around. He does two laps, and they're, head, they're neck and neck. So now we were ranked 24th. Now we're like, hey, we can finish 17th, 16th. Of, you know, like we're doing pretty well. The other two guys have this race to run. And they're neck and neck, and they lean at the line. OK, that was great. Let's move on to the next point. Um, <laughs> So in all of that, Paul is saying in his lifestyle, in his habits, what he's creating here is disciple means it means discipline. I mean I said disciple, but discipline means giving up the good and the better for the best. And it actually means to hit under the eye or a knockout blow. So what I'm reading right here is Paul is trying to control his body, his his function. And, and that is the emphasis of this entire chapter right here, that rights must be balanced by discipline. And so the main thing is is why do so many people give up working out after three days or thirty days? Because they don't see the growth that they see. They don't see the ice melting. They don't see God working instantly in their life the way they want them because we still have the blinders up that our rights are what matters. But if we're truly following God, it's not about our rights. It's about God's rights. So when this last week, when I was undisciplined, I had to go and check myself. I had to go pick up. I had to go in to decide what is going to discipline my life. What's going to discipline your life? What are those? What's going to set up? Because so many times we have these goals, but we don't set up these habits. Two things. One is there was a guy that was overweight. Overweight, wanted to work out. So they, he hired a trainer. And his trainer said for six months, you have to go to the gym at 9 o'clock. You can work out for one minute, and then you have to leave. He's like, why am I paying you this money? He's like, all right, do it. The guy did it for six months. The guy did it for six months. And then all of a sudden, he didn't. Then the next time, he decided, I can work out for 10 minutes. 10 minutes. So what had happened is they had, he had disciplined himself to show up to the gym. He had disciplined himself that I this habit that I have, I need to show up to the gym and make sure that I am consistent in doing that. And that is, what what are we doing? If we want to be spiritually stronger, what are the disciplines you're setting up? You could say, I want to read the whole Bible. Well, what's the process to do that? That's why we're doing the life groups and discipleship groups. Because we want to set disciplines in our lives. We want to set accountability in our lives. Fine, I'll finish the race. Thank you. (laughs) I didn't forget. So as he leans, our guy leaned at the wrong spot. There's other marks. Our guy leaned at the wrong spot. And then so he stopped, and the other guy passed him right at the end. Yeah, felt that. So we got second in that heat. But what ended up happening was... The second heat, no one ran faster than us. Because our two teams pushed each other. And so what ends up happening is then the first heat, we just have to beat two teams in the final heat, which are way faster than us, to get a medal. I don't know if it was healthy, but we were cheering against the other teams pretty hard. And we ended up beating two teams, and we got a medal. And we got, we got a, a placement, and it was exciting, it was fun, and I like, but no one, everyone saw us the medal, but no one hears of the stories of the practice that we had. There was a practice that still is ingrained in my brain to this day 16 400s in practice, and you had to make them in 75 seconds. And if you didn't, you had to repeat it, it didn't count. No, No one at state knew of the disciplines that were set up in practice. So I had a coach training me. I literally remember what he said when I missed a run. It was like on my ninth run, I missed it. And Coach Coach Dubal, if you're out there, I still remember this. We call him Sergeant. He's like, John, there is a literal dragon right in front of you. You have to slay it. You have to set the example to beat it. To get it. And so in my process, I had someone challenging me to get the best out of me. To get the best. And I'll tell you this. That medal that I got will fade away. But I put my, at that time, I put my process in that. I am challenging us. What are we putting our process in for the kingdom and glory of God? Are we training that way? Are we training? Because I think what happens is so many coaches and pastors will call us out and we get done with it and we go to another place or we don't listen. Because our rights have been offended. I'm challenging you in 2023, let God's rights dictate everything. Let God's glory dictate everything. And when you get undisciplined, even like myself this week, pick yourself back up, ask for forgiveness and move forward. Because your your trust is not into your rights, it's into God's rights. And you all have that opportunity. Now, I'm going to have some of the, the band come back up because we're going to be doing baptism here. But this is a great example of a step. I love it that it's happening on January 1st. It is a new year. It is the process of, hey, I'm giving everything over. And maybe you've already been baptized. I would, I would sit back into that as... Does my loyalty still reside in Christ alone? It's a beautiful song, but it doesn't mean that we live it out that way. So I am challenging you. How do you live out? And I'm also asking if you have not been baptized, if you haven't done that, what a great discipline to set a standard of being like, this is, I'm giving it over to you, God. I'm done just saying, yeah, I'm doing it, but I'm not giving everything. I don't care if you're 95 and brittle. I'll carry you down that sucker. <laughs> or if you're two, if you're willing to give your life over to God I, I, or live it, give it all, what greater gift is that? So I'm challenging you that. And so as we worship here, I just pray that your hearts are right. And then we get to celebrate with those that are, get to show the world that they live for Christ alone. Let's pray. Dear Father, I thank you so much for who you are and what you're about, and I thank you so much for this opportunity to baptize these, these people here that want to give their lives over to you. We love and praise you, and we just thank you for everything. May we start to live disciplined lives, not, not to win an earthly prize, but to, to, win, uh, to win the prize and glory and honor to you and give all of it to you because it's yours. Even when we fail, it's it's not we don't lose salvation, but we, we get back up and we walk and run the race that you set out in front of us. May we just not have lofty goals just to have goals. May we have these goals and may we set them up into the path that we know how to live them right. I thank you and I praise you and I love you in Jesus' name.
1: How when you don't have disciplines in your life, you naturally just resort back to your habits. So, for example, if I don't if I don't discipline myself to eat healthy, I'm naturally I'm gonna eat donuts. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna resort back to what tastes good, I'm gonna resort back to eating fast food and, and you know stuff that's not healthy. If I don't discipline myself to read the Bible, I'm gonna end up watching. Animal videos, videos on YouTube, or you know, something like that. It, if I don't discipline myself to love God and to love people, then ultimately I'm going to serve myself. It's what John talked about this morning. But I want you to hear what I'm saying. Don't get me wrong; that discipline is not the gospel. But through the gospel, the gospel allows us to live a disciplined life the gospel frees us from the sin the bondage and allows us to be disciplined allows us the opportunity to choose Christ over sin and I think that disciplines are important but I think that they're also costly Dietrich Bonhoeffer in uh, in his book The Cost of Discipleship he writes this regarding baptism and discipline, baptism Betokens a breach. Christ invades the realm of Satan, lays his hands on his own, and creates for himself his church. In the power of Christ, the baptized person is like a tree with its roots cut off and is called to die many deaths to self. The breach with the world has been affected in Christ and can no longer remain hidden. It must come out into the open through membership in the church and participation in its life and worship. And that's what today is all about. Today is all about new life bursting forth. Today is about a breach with the world, a union with Christ. But it's not just a severing of the world. It's a representation today of being freed from the power of sin's grip through Jesus. It's this celebration that each person here is going to have through baptism of new life, new growth. And it's a commitment now at this point to living a disciplined life in Christ moving forward. Again, as as John and I were talking, he made the statement, baptism is not the end. Baptism in many ways is just the beginning. It's done publicly in the presence of the church family. And it offers, uh, you know, the church family, all of us, we offer our encouragement but also accountability for the life of a believer who's being baptized. And so all of this today, it's not done to earn favor. But what we witness today is done out of the joy of what Christ has done in each of these lives here this morning. And so as each believer rises from the water, I want us to picture rising with Christ, victorious, victorious over sin and death, in him, not in our own strength, but in him. And as we participate in this today, let it be a symbol, let it be a a representation of the heart change that, uh, that has happened in each one of these lives, the heart change that Christ has began in their life, to sever them from the world, to use their gifts and their abilities to build the kingdom of Christ from this moment forward. And this is my prayer for each person. So let's just go into prayer right now. Father, I just pray for each person being baptized today. Each one of your children, God, that this would be uh, a landmark moment, that this would be uh, a public display of what's happened in their hearts, that this would be, uh, God, a moment of where, as the church body, as the church family, that we can rally around these individuals and support them in their decision to sever themselves from sin, to sever themselves from the world as part of what you have done at the the cross, Christ, and to rise with you, Jesus, into new life, into new growth, into a new creation. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: I have the privilege and honor of being with Eden Quick right now. How old are you, Eden? I'm 10. Awesome. So, I just have the question of why do you want to get baptized?
2: I want to be able to know him better and to show others that I love him.
0: Beautiful. I love that. So, I now am going to baptize you. Are you ready? Eden, quick, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost.
2: We prepare to uh, get the others ready. We're gonna be worshiping in between, so uh, uh, just hey, prepare your hearts.
1: You said this was warm.
0: <laughs> I'm in here longer than you, Bob. Yes, sir. Bob, how old are you, Bob?
1: Thirty-nine. <laughs> Again.
0: <laughs> yeah, Again. We're working on the truth part, but, you know. <laughs> Bob, why would you like, why are you getting baptized today, my friend?
1: I'm becoming a more mature Christian. My wife got me on this road, and I think it's time I'm accountable to myself, to God, and everybody here.
0: Amen. Amen, Amen, Amen. Bob. I love it. I love it. So, Bob, we'll go this way. I know you're 39, but you might need to help me out. No. (laughs) Bob, because of your confession of faith and what you just said here, it is an honor and privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost.
2: Thank you. What?
0: To, this is Jacelyn Pels. who's my daughter. And we've been talking about this for a long time. And, um, and uh, why, Jacelyn, do you want to get baptized? Because you love God and Jesus. Because you love God and Jesus. And every time she would say that, we would sit down and talk with her. And she's like, I just... I just want other people to know that I love Jesus. And from a kid's mouth, I was like, I wanna live that way. I wanna live that way. And I'm just, I'm honored to do that. And I'm honored. I do not take for granted any of these baptisms. And you make my heart smile. Your joy for life. Bob, I give you bad props to do it at 39 years old. <laughs> but it is an honor to baptize you. Are you ready? Jaiselyn and LaPels, because of your confession of faith and because you do want everyone to know you love God and Jesus, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost.